at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In the 15th year in the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Isuria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all the flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Well, indeed, it must be the second Sunday of Advent because here comes John the Baptist saying, as he does each year, prepare the way of the Lord. He's coming. Prepare, prepare. And John, yes, I am with you. Let's be prepared. There's nothing I like better than being prepared. I always want to plan and manage and organize so that things can be just right. And many times, and in many cases in my life, I feel like I can be prepared. I can get stuff ready. I can do all the things with some level of confidence and satisfaction. But then there's other times when that's not how it goes. Sometimes there are days when you hear John the Baptist giving really wise and helpful instruction, saying, prepare, prepare, and you hear it, and there is nothing to do but fall on your knees and say, I can't. God help me. That has been me this past week. In just the past four days, as I mentioned, we've had three funeral services here, which is a lot, and not just for me, but for our, our musicians, our custodians, our amazing funeral lunch coordinator, and with those three funerals to, rep- to prepare, I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed because I also wanted to prepare an engaging confirmation lesson for Wednesday night, and I wanted to lead a decent worship service at The View on Thursday afternoon. So suffice it to say, I have been having one of those weeks. And I tell you this not to elicit your pity <laughs> or praise, but because you need to know that when you start to feel a bit snowed under, you are not alone. I know that all of us have those days or those weeks or those months when we are at our capacity or beyond, times when we cannot fathom how things are going to get done and how things are going to work out, even as we try to trust that God will provide a way somehow. I mean, I was, I was kind of at a new level this week 
I have a confession uh, that's going to help illustrate for you my state of mind. So this happened on Thursday, which happened to also be the day I woke up to the message that daycare was closed due to sickness. So I was scrambling for last-minute child care because, of course, that happened too this week. So anyway, on Thursday afternoon, I'm walking through the parish center lobby over there, and we have this um, cute little chalkboard sign over there, and somebody had written this, this nice little sentiment on it. It says, Be the reason someone smiles today. And my immediate thought was, Are you kidding me? I cannot do one more thing. Why should I be responsible for someone else's happiness? Surely they can find their own reason to smile today, I should think. So that was uncharitable. And as my blood pressure eventually returned to normal, I thought, well, maybe I'm a little tightly wound today. So perhaps you've also had a similar experience in your life or work or family or church, just the world in general that goes that way for you. So this week I, I read this gospel text from Luke chapter 3 and I started to hear it a little differently than I usually do. Even with John the Baptist just insisting that I take time to make the preparations worthy of Jesus coming I have found peace, and I hope you will too. Because yes, preparation is so good, but there are going to be times in our lives when we are hustling moment to moment and day to day, times when we are addressing what is immediate to us and not much beyond. There may be times when lifting our eyes and looking out, even the four weeks of Advent, to prepare for a future event, that feels like a luxury that we can't really afford because we're maxed out with the present moment. Our bandwidth is full with the now. There are times when even if our daily schedule isn't consuming us, perhaps the emotional or spiritual work of dealing with our current circumstances, whatever they may be, leaves us little time to focus on the kinds of things John the Baptist has in mind. So when that happens, I think we first need to remind ourselves not to glorify busyness, to remind ourselves this is not a sustainable way to live a good life. Sometimes uh, in our society, we're bombarded with these messages that imply we're worthy based on our productivity. The busier, the better. And we need to let that go. But I want to be clear to you today as your pastor and just as a fellow human being, The ideal is that we do carve out some time each day to stop, to be still, to be quiet, to know that God is God and we are not, to prepare our hearts to receive the word of God as it comes to us. That is the goal. That's the aspiration. That is the ideal. But as you know, this is not an ideal world. And we are not ideal people. So, John, maybe this Advent, the valleys just won't get filled in. And the mountains will not be brought low. The prophetic vision of a smooth, straight, flat road through the wilderness, think of I-94 in eastern North Dakota, that prophetic vision will not come to pass under our power 
or by our efforts. But there's very good news for us who find ourselves unable to make adequate preparations for the holiness of God to draw near. And the good news is this. God comes anyway. So think about your Christmas preparations every year. We have so many visions and ideals that we want to achieve for ourselves and our families, and many of those are good and worthy preparations. But when push comes to shove, it doesn't matter so much if we've remembered to do our daily family Advent devotional each day or if we've missed a few here and there or haven't started yet. It doesn't matter if the turkey didn't get taken out of the freezer and we're having ham sandwiches instead. It doesn't matter if the gifts that you have purchased are beautifully wrapped under the tree or just set there in the brown paper bag or box they came in. It doesn't matter if the decorations are on display or if they're still neatly packaged up from last January. Christmas comes anyway. It doesn't even matter if you don't feel all joy and jingle bells, if you don't feel like celebrating at all, maybe because someone you love is sick or in the hospital, or because this will be the first holiday season without someone who was very special to you. Christmas comes anyway. Jesus was born 2,000 years ago without any of our doing or preparing, after all. Because when it comes right down to it, there is nothing that will keep God from coming to those whom he loves. Yes, we want to heed John's sage wisdom, prepare, prepare, but know this. When the mountain cliffs are as sheer and jagged as ever, Christ comes anyway. When the valleys and the canyons are just breathtaking in scale and depth, Christ comes anyway. Not the highest of mountains or the lowest of valleys can separate us from God and from God's love for us. Not the power of sin, not the worst things that we can do to each other or to creation or to God. God comes anyway. And what valley could possibly match the devastating power of death? But down through death and the grave, right out into resurrection and new life, God has already come to us. When we were lost in darkness and in the shadow of death, as our psalm said, God came to us, not because we were so wonderfully and adequately prepared to receive him, but because God is love and because God turns to us in grace and gives us everything we need as a gift that we could never earn. Not only did God come to us once upon a time in a little town called Bethlehem, God keeps on coming to us every day. Each day that is wild with frenetic activity, each day that stretches long with a burden of quietude and stillness, God keeps coming to us to walk the steep and treacherous mountain passes with us, and to descend to the depths with us, and to offer strength and guidance and encouragement alongside us on this rough and crooked road that we just never are going to manage to make flat and straight. 
Each time you hear John calling you to prepare well for the coming of Christ, and instead you fall on your knees saying, I can't, then rise in joy. Because the most important work, and the only work that truly matters, has been done for you, accomplished through our Lord Jesus Christ once and for all. So may God bless all the Advent preparations you can manage this year, and may God give you grace and peace in every failure to prepare. Ready or not, Christ is coming. Thanks be to God. Amen.